0: I want to start the conversation here this morning with the uh, impact on all of this on alberta's budget which already feels like it was a long time ago that was just uh, last week that the alberta government tabled its budget now we're seeing gasoline prices at record levels right across the country they've smashed through the two dollar a liter barrier in uh, vancouver in the lower mainland oil trading well above 100 dollars a barrel this week obviously that has a big impact on alberta's bottom line now Certainly has an impact on Albertans as as consumers, but as we saw last week, Alberta has gone very quickly from uh, record deficits to modest surpluses, and we may well see those modest surpluses turn into something much less uh, modest. Now, the Alberta budget pegs West Texas Intermediate, for example, this year at seventy dollars a barrel. Certainly, right now it is well well above that. I think the first quarter budget update uh, could prove to be interesting. So, if indeed we see modest surpluses turn into larger surpluses. Could Alberta find itself out of debt in short order? Which, obviously, we once were. Certainly, we've gone very much in the opposite direction. Uh, But our next guest had an interesting piece this week on how Alberta could actually find itself debt-free by 2030. And I think that changes a lot of the conversations uh, around Alberta's fiscal fortunes, certainly maybe some conversations uh, on uh, the revenue side, the spending side. Anyway, you can read his latest. It's up at thehub.ca. Trevor Toom, Associate Professor of Economics, University of Calgary, Research Fellow at the School of Public Policy. Trevor, good morning. Welcome to the program.
1: Good morning. Great to be here.
0: Uh, you know, I mean, it is quite remarkable to see what's what's going on with commodity prices, and obviously we know what that can mean for Alberta's uh, budget. I mean, we have some rough estimations, you know, for every dollar increase in the barrel of oil, it means X amount of, of revenue for Alberta. I mean, if we saw... West Texas Intermediate, for example, stay at this level through the year. How dramatically might that change this this current budget, for example?
1: Yeah. So, so the numbers in this budget are, as you noted, based on seventy dollar uh, per barrel prices, and here we are, well over a hundred and ten or whatever it is this morning. Yeah. Each one dollar that we deviate from seventy is about five hundred million dollars the government's bottom line now you can't just take that and times it by 40 to get uh, what our projection would be at 100 plus dollars per barrel because it's a little bit trickier than that but you know at these prices if we average for the whole year at say 85 dollars a barrel well then the surplus this year becomes a little over eight billion dollars and if we're into the 90s, then it just grows from there. So we're, we're pretty sensitive to oil prices here just because of how large resource revenues are for Alberta and, and how much uh, those revenues change when oil prices do, not just because oil and gas revenues are higher, but the tax rate we apply to oil and gas firms itself yeah. rises with oil prices.
0: And obviously, I mean, it's it's that's a more direct line. It, it You know, the, the high price of oil can have all kinds of different impacts on the economy, both good and bad, right? It, it can be a shock to consumers, a shock mm-hmm. to, to demand. On the other hand, it can also lead to higher production, which could potentially result in even more revenue. So is it possible to sort out, as we look at what impact this could have on the budget, all of those different factors?
1: So that that's trickier, and on the effect it has on production itself, that's, you know, really doesn't depend as much on the day-to-day movements in oil prices, but where producers think oil prices are going to be a couple years down the line, or in the case of large oil sands facilities, even where they think prices will be decades down the line. Because these are very long-lasting uh, assets. They're very, very expensive up front. And so you want to have confidence prices will be at a certain level over the long haul in order to justify that investment and you know it's who knows where oil prices are are going to be but you can see where markets are currently betting if you look at futures markets people locking in future deliveries uh of oil there they do seem to expect prices to fall back down uh but but not down to I guess where even the budget is projecting it to be. So if you look at futures markets, the average is over 90 for this current fiscal year. Um, so I, I, I don't anticipate that'll lead to a big increase in production. Um, just because you know, many years down the line, I think there's still a lot of uncertainty holding investment back.
0: Well, certainly we're expecting a modest surplus at the very least this year. This budget projects mm-hmm. surpluses for the next few years. Now, what is the, the Alberta government's position on how that surplus money will be allocated?
1: So they they don't provide a lot of details in the budget, but they have a line in there that I think is kind of interesting. That didn't really receive a, a lot of attention, but they write that any surpluses that we earn – up to the current returns in the heritage fund will be reinvested in that fund. And anything beyond that will be split between savings and or debt repayment. And that that phrasing is, I think, deliberately vague on their part, especially the and or debt repayment. Mm-hmm. So they, they don't really lay out a plan for these surpluses. But yeah, you can bet they're working on it and we might see something. Um, maybe in that first quarter update or maybe in the fall around around what exactly to do if surpluses end up being much, much larger than the very modest amount that we've currently budgeted for, which is, which I think, more likely than not that we're going to see a multibillion dollar surplus. We should think about um, what we're going to do with it.
0: Well, yeah, and I guess that's a good problem for governments to have, I suppose, considering the alternatives. <laughs> yeah. Now, what is does what Alberta's debt currently stand at?
1: So it's, it stands right now at just shy of 20% of GDP, is so about 18% or so. Um, that's kind of comparable to what you see in BC and Saskatchewan, a little under where, where they are. What I think is most interesting is where the debt level is projected to be in the coming years. So by 2025, maybe less than 15% of GDP. And I guess for context, prior to COVID, we had about 10%. And right now, if oil prices you know get quickly back to the 70 dollar per barrel high 60s and we're kind of on track to get back to 10% by 2030 but if oil prices remain high and resource revenues outperform what's currently budgeted for then yeah as as noted at the top we we may very well see a province where the debt levels um you know fall below zero again uh, by mm-hmm. 2030
0: but that, that, those those ratios that you talk about, I mean, that that's certainly in the realm of what's sustainable, isn't it? So the, these are indeed mm-hmm. policy choices. Alberta's hand isn't—we're not at the point where our hand is being forced, where we definitely need to address the debt.
1: No, not at all. And so we went into both the recession in 2015-16 and the the COVID shock here in a pretty strong position where we could absorb. Uh, the debt levels that we have been uh, without raising any kind of longer-term sustainability concern. And not only is our current level of borrowing itself kind of mechanically sustainable, but we do have a pretty strong future in the sense that population growth, economic growth is still likely to be among the best. in in canada and i think that's a big contrast to newfoundland and labrador which has a level of debt that's quite a bit beyond what's manageable in the long term and their population is shrinking and economic growth rates are are disappointing so we're uh, lucky to have a lot of options at our disposal so we can take some time to think about uh, making gradual sensible policy choices and and hopefully the fiscal room that we have right now kind of allows us to have that conversation about our longer-term future.
0: Now, certainly, you know, some, some luck comes into play, I guess, in, mm, in mm-hmm. some of these more rosy scenarios, but it would also take some deliberate decisions. So what what does a, a plan look like, uh, a get Alberta debt-free-by-2030
1: plan? Sure. So you're right to highlight luck. I mean, if, if resource revenues come in 50% lower than what are currently planned, then that net debt-to-GDP uh, ratio, instead of falling, just keeps on rising one year after mm-hmm. the next. Uh, so... If we were to make some policy choices, well, we have a couple of options. And I think I like to think about the 2015 budget from former Premier Jim Prentice. That, that budget uh, was never implemented because uh, they, they didn't succeed in the election that was fought right. shortly after. But they proposed to save 50% of resource revenues and use that as the cushion. You know, we very, very rarely have declines year-over-year in resource revenues on the order of 50%, only twice in the last half century has that occurred. So saving that much cushions the budget, and because it accumulates savings as a way to shrink that net debt uh, to GDP level. But to make up for it, they proposed spending restraint uh, and outright reductions in, in some areas of government, but also some new taxes, a uh, health care contribution levy being, I guess, the more controversial one in that budget. Today, if we were to try and revive that Jim Prentice plan, if you will, then it would involve you know, some tax changes. And no, not necessarily a sales tax, but you could think of a health contribution like we see in BC and some other modest changes combined with keeping spending growth no faster than population and inflation. There you could save 50% of resource revenues and get uh, insulate the budget from the volatility from that source and decrease net debt levels down to zero around 2030, uh, regardless of what happens to resource revenues within a plus or minus 50% range.
0: Well, people can read more from you on this. It's up at thehub.ca. Some interesting conversations for Albertans to have in the coming months and years here. Trevor, I appreciate your contribution to that conversation, and thanks for joining us here this morning. Thanks for having me. Take care. All the best. You as well. That's Trevor Toom, Associate Professor of Economics, University of Calgary, Research Fellow with the School of Public Policy, the Hub.ca. You can read his latest on how Alberta could get debt free by 2030. So it's doable. Uh, is it should it be a priority for government? So there's some different policy choices here, as Trevor says. I mean, we could sort of try to sustain the debt we have now and put that money into savings. Or we just put that money into the budget, spend on whatever people think we need to spend it on now, if that's a policy choice. So there are different avenues we could go. But I think, as, as we alluded to, maybe a good problem for governments to have based on what we've seen in Alberta over the past, you know, seven, eight years.